0: Think about how the world says if you love me you will and what what a backward statement to god and god in his goodness i mean he created us with a a, an understanding of desire affectionately even physical attraction and then i think we we naturally just assume that must be love
1: welcome to the creation today show where we bring together interviews with experts and solid bible teaching Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. This is the day that many countries are going to be celebrating. Well, I I can't say it better than the Princess Bride. Love. True love. That's it. Love. True love. It's what everybody's going to be celebrating today and you're going to hear love poems you're going to get valentines cards and presents people are going to spend lots of money on a special someone you're going to hear love songs did you know it's been estimated that there have been more than 100 million love songs that have been recorded throughout history but here's my question what is true love or true love. (laughs) See, here's the problem. Most people don't know what true love really is. We've been conditioned to believe a lie about love instead of the truth about love. And and I got to tell you, that's just wrong. A wrong definition of true love is going to have a devastating result in relationships, in culture, in society at large. That's why I've invited today's guest, Pastor and Dr. Jeff Redland to discuss with me what is true love. Now, he's affectionately known to me as PR or Pastor Redland cuz I grew up with PR Pastor Redland as my youth pastor over uh, many many moons ago. But uh, he's been uh, he's been somebody who has invested greatly in my life. He now is the pastor at Campus Church here in Pensacola, Florida, and you can see his messages all over the world now through Rejoice Radio and on Rejoice TV. PR, welcome to the Creation Today Show, buddy.
0: Hey, really honored to be here with you. Been looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm saying this not because I'm on your program, but anytime I get to hang out with you, it is a good day. So this is going to be a good day because I get to hang out with you.
1: Wow. Well, vice versa. And that's why I want people to hang out with you and your sermons on Rejoice it's rejoicetv.org, I believe. Is that, do you remember? Yeah. Is that, that's what yeah, we yeah. got. Okay. Rejoicetv.org. Oh my goodness. You, you communicate with such biblical accuracy and practical application in every single one of your messages. So highly, highly, highly recommend all of you, all of my friends, please go to rejoicetv.org or you guys have a podcast. You got multiple, you guys are on social media, multiple ways to get in touch with what and how you teach. Is that correct?
0: That's a cool thing about today because people can get content, obviously, you know, at their fingertips. So COVID didn't do a lot of great things for us, but (laughs) it did provide some good things for churches. You know, I think a lot of people have connected through, you know, digital means. I don't think that's the end goal, by the way, for the church, Uh, but I do think it's a great open door for the church and people are connecting that way and we're grateful for it.
1: I love it. Speaking of love, uh, is it possible? <laughs> that it was possible? the best
0: segue I've heard, you know, in a long time.
1: <laughs> Today, anyway, yes. Yeah. Is it possible PR that uh, that we're sending the wrong message to a lot of different people on Love Day on Valentine's Day? You've been a few. You've been through a few V days uh, yourself as youth pastor, watching students who are in love. You've gotten to counsel adults who were. In love as students, and now for some reason they decided not to be in love. Uh, y- you are a speaker at marriage conferences; like y- you are the guy who has it all figured out. That's why you're here. So,
0: <laughs> I'm going to hit the button now that actually mutes the you know audio and video because you might <laughs> you're oh,
1: stepping God. back out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have had a lot of life experience and a lot yeah. of experience watching watching couples and watching what is love and. Uh, I really am interested in your perspective on what is the world teaching versus what the Bible says. If the Bible is my foundation, how do I need to be seeing love correctly and applying it to my life? So can we just dive into what, what is true love?
0: Okay, you said that very well. You know, I was thinking, I was writing my my wife, her Valentine, okay? And I was thinking about when I was a kid, The I mean, think about the hundreds of Valentines. I don't know if you did this, but man, and... I went to Lincoln Elementary School. And from the time I went to school, we took those little cards, you know, and you would put everybody's name on them and you'd send them to everybody, you know, and then you'd look forward to getting them. And as you started to get a little bit older, you did look forward to getting certain ones. I mean, we're even talking fifth, sixth grade, you know, like if someone sent you and if they underlined something in the card... You know, we're all jazzed about it because we're getting something from someone that has caught our attention, okay? And I don't know that this is i'm I'm not saying this is the wrong, you know message that we're we're growing up with, but we we have a strong connection to attraction that we equate to love, okay? And God in his goodness, I mean he he gave us a desire for um, he created us with a, a an understanding of desire, affectionately, even physical attraction, and specifically, of course, to opposite genders. So we have this, you know, this desire for someone. And then I think we we naturally just assume that must be love. And I mean, how many times does a does a a tenth grader look at somebody he's never seen before at summer camp? and say to the guys that are around him, dude, seriously, I am in love. OK,
1: but <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, PR. No, I was yeah, on be... that when I was in 10th grade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he is in strong like right now. I mean, he likes what he sees and he thinks that might even provide for him, you know, what he wants in in love. So I think we we write songs about it, you know, we we produce lots of media about it, but is love nothing more than physical attraction? You know that physical chemistry, and if that's the summation of it, then we're in and out of love quite rapidly. You know,
1: no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I
0: looked up. Endless.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I, I looked up online what is true love, and if you if you Google it, you're going to get something like this: true love. Is a unique and passionate bond that connects you as a couple that wants the best for the other person regardless of what it means for them it's the foundation for a healthy loving relationship true love is authentic and it's genuine I'm like okay that gave me a little tiny handle to hold on to but I don't I don't know that it really helped me grasp because I think a lot of people would put that handle that definition on true lust as well yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i want the best for you and i know how to give it to you okay i will give you the best that's kind of the way we think
0: so you know if we wanted the most basic definition of love like really grassroots definition of love then we would go to first john 4 8 and we would say very simply that god is love okay so now we have our our working basic bible definition of what is love well god is love And if we don't um, start with an understanding of of correctly, what does that mean? Then we're gonna gonna wind up in a really bad place, okay? Some people have obviously said, well, love then is equal to God and therefore love is God. And that's a wrong starting point. So love is not God. Um, What God does for us in his word is he defines for us his essential attributes, okay? And we would say that love is one of God's essential attributes. God's holy in his essence. So all of his attributes are connected to his holiness. And then God, um, all of his attributes, um, some of them are exclusively his, like God's omnipotent. Okay. We're not going to get to heaven someday and I'm going to be omnipotent when I get to heaven. that, that That's theologically impossible because you can't have two omnipotent beings at the same time. So God has attributes that are exclusively his, and then he has moral attributes that you and I are built to reflect. And and God is in one of his essential attributes, God is love. So what does that mean? Does God have these feelings towards us and do we have to do something? Does he find us attractive? You know, is there something in us that sparked the the interest of God, so you know you're married to Tanya, okay? Okay, so why did you fall in love with Tanya? Because it's it's probably not going to be the great uh, reflection of God and His love. So let's let's start with that question.
1: So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think you're probably right. Uh, yeah. My my love for Tanya was I loved her personality. I loved her looks. Oh man, I yeah. love her looks. Yeah. Uh, she is, yeah. So it, in my mind, when yeah. I met Tanya for the first time, it was not, you know what? This is somebody who I want to put up with, even if they treat me terrible. It's yeah. that wasn't in my mind.
0: Yeah. So, so we function largely on a reciprocal basis. Okay. But that means there has to be an initiator. And, and I think we start to get even like okay i do see how i function cuz i'm created in the image of god i'm going to i'm going to reflect him in some ways and um you know but god the bible says in romans 5 but god commendeth that means he demonstrated he proved his love for us and then it says in that or here's how you know while we were yet sinners christ died for us so that's the great initiator you know for god so loved the world i mean what what was there about us to love i mean it, while we're yet sinners that means we're diametrically opposed to all that god is and god's holy so wow what in us was found that made us you know lovely and the answer is nothing the thing that god found um to cause him to love us was found in him not in us so god now because he is love he's going to be loving and and then you know we talked about the reciprocal aspect of love you know we love him because he first loved us and so now we're we're like okay now i can reciprocate i can respond to that And when we're starting to love like God loved, we're going to be the initiators, not only the, the reciprocators, we're going to start to say, wow, God, I want to love you. And because I love you and I want to love other people, even when they're, they're not lovely. So I think that's where we begin, at least, you know, starting this understanding of of how do we define love where do we get the definition of love well it begins with god
1: that that and that re- okay i want to ask you but to, a, a question does this have does the right understanding of true love does it influence relationships you've counseled you you've i mean you've been a pastor for years does it have an effect on when we understand uh, and I, tell me if i'm getting this right true love of he loved us first when we were undeserving, therefore we love others when we are undeserving versus yeah. I'll love you because you love me or because of what I get and it's really a self-love. Does that, is that the distinction? And then does that have a huge influence on relationships?
0: Yes, um, it has, It has, you know, every kind of influence on relationships. Okay, so you're, you're of course, your ministry is, it, it? it's tied, it, it couldn't exist without the book of Genesis, okay? So, so sure. you have a ministry. We'd be answers in
1: Exodus, if that wasn't yes. the. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the Bible from the very beginning, from the very outset, it begins to draw some lines that we can't get around. We have to come to some conclusions about A God that you can't escape. In fact, if you try to do an end run around Genesis one, every other part of the Bible is going to be skewed because you didn't answer the questions in Genesis. Okay. And one of the things that it's a non negotiable. First of all, God's existence. In the beginning, God. Okay. So that's a non negotiable. God doesn't say, let me prove you know that I exist. That's foolishness. He just says, you know it in the beginning here's what I did. And then creation, you can't get around that. Okay. So he makes you face the reality of, I create, I exist, I created. And then he makes you deal with the reality that he is good. Okay. Repeatedly, he keeps coming back to, and and it was good. And then the summation of all that God created, this is very good. Okay, now think about how you and I oftentimes view God through a lens other than his goodness. Now, well, why did God do that to me? Why did God not allow this to happen? Why all these you know, very bad things? We have to conclude, like I think it was C.S. Lewis, he said either God's not good or he's not powerful enough to, to work out his goodness or both, he's just, you know, he's he, he can't do it. He's not omnipotent. Well, what he starts to back up and and to realize is, wow, first of all, how do I have an understanding of goodness? It comes from God. And then, wow, is it possible that this God is so great and so good that he can take the ill intentions of a man's free will, ability to choose, and even turn man's ill intentions into something that's good? When we start to look at God in ways, through a lens, that God says, you're going to have to face this, we start to actually see God accurately. And it's like, wow, God, even this bad thing, understandably bad, God Even in that, I can taste and see your goodness. I might not experience it to the fullness. That's heaven. But I get a little tasting, even on this side of eternity, that God, you are in fact always and only good. Okay, so that's one of his attributes. God is good, right? And then, wow, God is love. So now, not only is he going to do something good, he's going to be self-sacrificing because he is love. He's going to see something as this is for your greater good, and God loves us too much to leave us unlovely. Okay, <laughs> He loves us too much to leave us as we are, or to give us what we, in our in our childlike, you know, mentality, think we have to have. You know, you were talking about the person. I have to have this person, or I have to have this thing. God, if you love me, you will give me X, Y, and Z. But I think God says, no, listen, because I love you, I, I'm i not going to give you. He's not like this doting grandparent that, you know, the grandkids love going to grandpa and grandma's because they get everything, you know, at grandpa <laughs> and grandma's house. He's He's a loving father and he loves us too much and he's too good to leave us how we are and how contrary that is to the world's definition today of love, you know. I'll stop talking here, but think about how the world says, "If you love me, you will." And that is what, so true. And that's what a backward statement to God.
1: If you love me, you will is a yeah. backward statement to God. So really, we yeah. we can't understand love without understanding God. Would that be kind of a summation of of if God is God is yeah. God God yeah. is Creator? Right. Yeah. and if we're going to view tell me if i'm telling this right if we're going to we're going to view his actions through his goodness because god is good and if god is love can we really understand love without understanding that direction of start with god get love versus love is what i get out of something
0: yes so if we start with you know the one who is the definition we're going to rightly define something Thing. Now, we have to rightly define God, of course, but if we start there, okay, um, if I can know him, okay, um, Moses said it this way. This was so insightful, okay? And this is all in that discourse when God said, he's putting Moses to the test. He says, Moses, I'm going to take you into the promised land. Or I'm going to bring you in. I'll send an angel before you, but I'm not going to go. And Moses says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going if you're not going, okay? (laughs) And then God says, okay, I'm going to go. And then Moses says this. He asks this really, like, I don't know, wonderfully insightful question. He said, show me now thy ways that I may know thee. Okay, God, show me how do you operate? Because if I can watch what you do, I'm going to start figuring out who you are. Okay, okay it's one thing for us to be told about somebody but it's another thing for us to actually watch them you know like i'm going to study them for a while and we might have a definition of them but their actions demonstrate the reality of the definition and and moses is saying god how do you how do you how do you work how do you operate and the more i understand how you function the more I'm gonna to start to understand you. Well, wow, let the pages of the Bible unfold before you and see like, wow, this God, look at what he does here. Look at what he does here. And then look at the ultimate expression of love, that the the guilty you know, would, would say, I'm gonna allow the guilty to take on the work, of the righteousness of the innocent, and the just one is gonna die for the unjust ones that he might bring us to God you know, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We, we can truly know God just by studying his actions, and we're going to see love inked through every part of the pages of Scripture. It's just remarkable.
1: So I got a few minutes left with social media. Can you put your counselor hat on for a minute? And there are going to be people today that are trying to express love in a in a way that the culture has said is meaningful that isn't really the true definition of meaningful and 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 counsel us real quick on on what happens or what actions would we take if we had a proper understanding of love in our relationships and this could, this doesn't have to be the the love as in the uigui gooey uh, emotional love of of a of a of a of a significant other, even in all of our relationships.
0: Okay, I think one of the things we haven't done really great at times in Christianity is we have defined love as a list of don'ts. Okay, and um, if you love me, you won't do this. Okay, okay. Imagine if your only goal in driving a car was to not hit somebody, okay? <laughs> your only goal, like you just get in the car and uh, oh, I, I hope I don't hit somebody. I am I have to just avoid every possible, I mean, that's a terrible way. Now that should be part of your goal, right? So that's part of your goal, don't hit anybody, okay? You tell that to your 16 year old, okay? Hey, don't hit anybody. <laughs> okay, but really, yes, so much more to driving. I mean, you want to get somewhere. Um, and, I mean, all things being equal, you want to enjoy the journey, right? There's something enjoyable about just the journey. And I think sometimes with when it comes to love, you know, we, we get on this, we try to define our love for God by what we don't do, you know? Well, I don't do this and I don't do this. Why don't you do that? Because I love God, okay? But yeah. does anybody really see Christ? Is that what's sending a message to a watching world because of what I don't do. I don't know that that's as compelling of a reason to see the love of God. You know, I think, I think what the world's looking for is the reality of what do you do and why do you do this? How do you reach out? How do you touch somebody's life? How, how are the hands and feet of Jesus being expressed in yours? Um, you know, again, if we, if you want to, you know, back to Exodus, (laughs) uh, you know, if there's only one image that God says, you know, thou shalt not make any graven image. Well, why not? Because the only image that God has sanctioned, Eric, is you and me. We're the image. And if God is love I, I don't think that we, we know about God because of what he didn't do. I think we know about God because of what he does and what he does in our lives every day and what he's done to make a pathway for man to come back to him. Um, so if we wanna show people today, you know, honestly, you you probably did something for your wife and that was meaningful today. It's not what you, you didn't say, you know, today I didn't do this and I didn't do that because I love you. No, your expression was a do. And I think for Christians today, not today, in, in our lives, it's not, well, I didn't say anything bad, you know, to that person when I could have, no, that that's not really what they're looking at, but they're looking at what, what did you do? What are you doing? How did you touch somebody's life? and i think that's probably a far more important statement of love than we wouldn't know that jesus loved us if if he just didn't do certain things we know he loved us because of what he does so that's how i would say let's let's go do something and and then we're truly showing the love of god
1: i got i got about 2 minutes left with social media Would you give a two-ish, (laughs) three-ish gospel message? Can I put you on the spot and say, okay, tell them for somebody who doesn't or has never experienced true love, Yeah. tell them the story and the journey of that true love.
0: Yeah. Love, obviously, there's a self-sacrificing aspect to love. That means that I'm taking the initiative to show my care and to provide whatever resources for those with whom I am trying to express love. There's never been a greater expression of self-sacrificing love than what Jesus Christ did for me. I mean, I'm the guilty one, and I know I am. Nobody has to tell me that. Nobody has to prove me that. God, God gave me a conscience that tells me, listen, I know you can try to silence it, You can try to run away from it. You can try to um, numb it, but I know I'm a guilty sinner before God. And I know there's a God. And then because I'm guilty, like, wow, I want to hide in the darkness. And God keeps showing the light on my sin. And then he said, I know, you know, you're a sinner and I can't have sin in heaven, but let me tell you what I did. And so God put on my human flesh. He came and he lived a man's existence. He came underneath all of the, the penalty, the potential for the law. And he did so because that's where I was living. So he came under the law so that he could redeem me under the law. He satisfied all the just demands of a holy God, everything, nothing was missed. So he was the perfect man. And then he said, you're fallen under the first man you can be completed under the last or the second man. And he said, who do you want to be your representative, Adam, the sinner, or Jesus, the true saint? And and when I was 17, I said, I, I'll take Jesus. and And he died for me, took my place, all of my sin. He said, put it on me, no excuses, put it on me. And he did all that was necessary for me. And he became my representative. He proved he was God because he came, you know, three days later out of a borrowed tomb. And now he ever lives inviting people to experience that kind of love, a a self-sacrifice. You've never been loved, with that kind of sacrifice in the same degree to which Jesus loves us. So I did that when I was 17 and I'm, I can't be separated from that love. I wish we had time to talk about that, but you, you can't, that's a love that can't be broken.
1: And that is so, so true. Hey, if you're watching and you've never experienced the real love of your Creator, forgiveness of your sin, I've experienced the same thing, forgiveness of my sin. If you've never experienced true love, a love that is undeserving, a love that you can't get by any work that you do, it is only by God's grace, I wanna invite you to read up on that. I've, I've made a page on our website It's called GIFT, so creationtoday.org slash GIFT, G-I-F-T. It's the greatest gift you'll ever receive, and I'd love for you to check out that free gift that God offers each and every one of us, the gift of salvation. Um, Social media, i got to let you guys go. I'm sorry I don't have more time with you guys today. Next week, though, I am looking forward to a great conversation. we're going to be talking to Israel Wayne, and he has written a new book that really helps us train the young people, train children. And he's uh, he's written some, what are called, historically called catechisms, some questions and answers. And there's a bunch of them, so you can go through them with your family and learn these truths of God so that you can have the right foundation. And when you have the right foundation, just like Pastor Edlin's talking about today, it will have an effect in your behavior, in your relationships, in the way that you communicate and deal and speak with and uh act with other people. So really looking forward to that conversation. I think he's done an incredible job, and you're gonna enjoy that. Uh hey, before uh before I let social media go, Pastor Redlin is available, man. You guys gotta go check out his sermons on rejoicetv. I forgot, is it dot com or org Uh .org.
0: Or yeah.
1: org. Rejoicetv.org. Make sure you're checking him out. You will really, really enjoy that. Uh, he's the pastor of campus church, just look up Campus Church, Pensacola, Florida. I'm telling you, you you ought to just put on a schedule once a week to listen to a weekly sermon by Pastor Redland, and you will be so, so blessed. It'll really encourage your soul. So thank you guys for joining us, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the teachings of PR, uh, Pastor Redland, uh, as I affectionately call him, PR, uh, in the future. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.